0: So, what we're going to do just for a few weeks, I'm going to give you um, a series in the most special book in the whole world. It's the Bible and what it does for us. And then when we're finished with that, we're going to um, crank up a series, a full-size series on the most vulnerable, who I would consider the most vulnerable and personal character in all of Scripture apart from Jesus Christ, and it's David character of David. We're going to be looking at First and Second Samuel. And the, the series title is Up Close and Personal. There is no one who has bore his soul apart from Jesus Christ throughout Scripture than, than David. And we have so much to learn and to grow through that study. We're going to be treated by looking into the life of this man after God's own heart. So I am pumped about that. I, I trust that you will... I'll be a part of that this summer and we will keep the air conditioning on for you as we go through the summer together. Okay. Have you looked at our world and said, what in the world is going on? Now I'm starting to say things that my parents and grandparents said and I thought they were alarmists. I'm saying the same stuff. What's going on? And I realize, you know, there are breakthroughs today of which we are grateful. But there are breakdowns which are really being hard to work through and hard to recover from. And they're discouraging. So let me, let me just show you this. This is not a brand new trend. I, I, I'm sure people are looking and say, wow, look what's happened in the last 10 years or 20 years or 30 years. Can we just back? this whole video reel up a little ways can we look 250 years ago I just want to show you a few things that may get our gears moving to the reality that there have been breakdowns that something is going on like for instance our oldest and most recognized universities in America and even in England were established. Did you know this? They were established as religious institutions. And now they couldn't be farther from their origins. Let me let me just say a, a few names for you. You've, you've heard these names. Most of the colleges in the US started over two centuries ago were originally Bible proclaiming schools. Here's a couple: Harvard, Yale. They were originally Puritan schools, and they stood without shame for the authority of the Word of God. Harvard was named after a Christian minister. Yale was started by clergymen. And their seminaries produced... They produced preachers that canvassed the world, starting churches and proclaiming the truths of God's Word. Here's another one. Princeton... Princeton was originally a fundamental Presbyterian university that was no different than Harvard and Yale in its origin. And it boasted of theological orthodoxy and even had one of the greatest theologian and reformers known to our country, Jonathan Edwards, as its president. Princeton's first year of class was taught by Reverend Jonathan Dickinson, and Princeton's crest in Latin, I don't speak Latin, so I'm going to butcher this, but I'm just going to tell you. This is Princeton's crest that still exists to today. It is Dei sub numin veget, which is Latin for under God she flourishes. That's Princeton. Now, in the United Kingdom, there's Oxford University. Cambridge University, the University of Edinburgh, all had thoroughly Christian beginnings and were founded by clergy. And then, in a story that originates back where I came from before I came here, um, there's a college, Colgate University. You may have heard of Colgate. And it was actually started by Baptist ministers. Now, catch this. They also have their motto in Latin, Deo ac vertati," which means for God and for truth. Let me tell you, if you went on campus of Colgate University, you would have no clue that that's their motto. So we say, here we are, 250 years later. What's going on? what in the world is going on you know where where is society where's the family where's morality where are our youth what is city life like where where's marriage what hold the phone what is going on and it makes us wonder like how did it get this way what happened I want to take you to a passage of scripture this morning that will light this up for us beautifully. And, and if you would turn to Proverbs 29, 18. If you got your copy of the scriptures or maybe you have an electronic device, Proverbs 29, 18. I'm going to be reading from the NIV. So if you Google Proverbs 29, 18, just at the end of it, just put. NIV, and it'll read the same way that I'm reading this morning. Now, the proverbs—just so that way you know—proverbs read as typically short, pithy sayings of wisdom, and they don't need context. Oftentimes, when we study the Bible, we'll say, "Well, you know, you got to know the context." Well, proverbs are a whole lot of individual sayings that can stand on their own, and you don't have to look at, "Oh, who was he talking to?" and What was the day and age and what's the context of the verses before and afterward really you can look at the verse itself and understand what god is getting at in proverbs and oftentimes if you're a newer believer proverbs is a great place even to start reading because each verse typically by itself has a special truth from god for you to understand and apply to your life and so hence today is a proverb and this proverb i don't want to get too technical here but it utilizes a speech element called a contrasting couplet. Oftentimes used in poetry. So, you know, it'll say one thing at the first statement, and then the second part of the statement will be a contrast to it. You'll see how it sets up here in just a moment. So here's Proverbs 29:18. And what the writer is going to get at here is he's gonna say, our relationship to God's word makes all the difference in the world. Our relationship to God's word, to the Bible, makes all the difference in the world. So you're right there, Proverbs 29, 18. Let me read it. It's up on the screen as well if you want to see it there. Here's how it reads. Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instructions where there's no revelation people cast off restraint but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom instruction you see the contrasting couplet there the first part of it where there's no wisdom people cast off restraint that's the negative part of it and then the contrast comes in the second half but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instructions so let's just look at the split of this verse and we're going to get right down into the dirt on this. What is going on in our world? What is going on in our lives? So here's the text split into two main truths. The very first main truths, uh, first main truth, if you're writing notes or if you are putting these in your Bible margin or whatever you got, here's what it is: Chaos comes when God's word is ignored. Chaos comes when God's word is ignored. Now, I memorized this years and years and years ago in the King James Version of the Bible. And here's how it starts. Maybe if you have a King James, you can see what it says there. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, oftentimes people looked at that, myself included, for a long time, and we thought... That talked about our vision. You know, our futuristic planning. You have to have goals or people will perish. And as nice as goal-setting, vision planning and all those things are, the difference is that's not what this verse is talking about. And I want to show you, there's two main reasons why we understand that, because the Hebrew word used here for vision, where there's no vision, it literally is talking about revelation or vision from God more like scripture and the law and so the word used for vision is not referring to our vision it's referring to God's law God's vision God's word and then the second part of the verse there in verse 18 it shows us also what he's talking about because he says blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instructions wisdom's instruction god's word other translations say blesses the one who keeps the law and so the whole idea here make no mistake about it the result of not heeding god's revelation is what he's talking about here when people don't heed god's revelation there's chaos when god's word is ignored There's going to be problems. The idea of the word means ruin. They cast off restraint. People are set loose. They're they're left to themselves. Imagine your kids in the house with no one watching them. And you say, we'll come back later tonight. Do what you want. Can you imagine what your home would look like? There's no restraint. Nothing holding them back when people ignore God's Word. So where are we at with God's Word? I'll tell you where society is. It's becoming less and less and less connected to and familiar with God's Word. Uh, Many years ago, I think I've mentioned this here in this room before, many years ago I got my hair cut Probably the last time I got it cut, and I remember um, sitting in the chair, and the woman was, you know, clipping my hair, and, and she's she was very much expecting. She was way far along, I, I eighth or ninth month, and 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 um, and I felt safe to ask. <laughs> We've all been there, haven't we? Yeah. So I felt safe enough to ask. And she says, yes, you know, and, and we already know we're having a boy. And I'm like, oh, good for you, you know. And she says, and we already know we're going to name it Darius. I thought, wow, that's cool. I said, you know, that's the name of a Persian king in the Bible. And she gave me the most blank stare you've ever seen in your life. She said, what? I said, Yeah. You know the story of Daniel and the lion's den? No joke, no. And friends, that's when I started to realize what's going on around here? What we have come to assume over the years We can no longer assume about society. But for a moment, let's forget that and let's look at this. Because let me just tell you where I was. I grew up in church all the way from the very beginning, I had heard all the stories, I could tell you the stories. I knew how the flannel graph, that's what we used back then. It was right after the stone tablets after we got rid of those. And I knew all of it. And I felt pretty secure in myself of where I was. And I'll tell you what happened. God was working on my hard heart. He was chiseling away. And I knew he was nudging me even toward pastoral ministry. He was nudging me in in this direction, and I was was rejecting it. I was stiff-arming it. I didn't want to have anything to do with it. I was pushing against my parents. My parents, you know, they were hoping I would go to Bible college, and I said, no, no. I said, I'm going to go to business school, and I'm going to study business management. And and that's, that's just where I was. I was just going to do away with the whole thing. I didn't want anything to do with it. And then I had, um, I had a near-death experience that caused me to go to Bible school. That's so my parents said they'd kill me if I didn't go. <laughs> and they said, but just go for one year. That's all, just go for one year. And then you can do whatever you want. So I went for one year. All I studied was the Bible. I didn't have any, I didn't have English, history, I didn't have anything else. All I have is Bible. And not only was I in Bible, something changed. The Bible was in me this time. Do you know the difference? You know what I'm talking about? Because we can sit here and listen to it. And and we can hear the preacher, we can get the story, and we can say, oh, yeah, I know that. I know, I know, I know. I know all the answers. We can be in the Bible. We can check the box. But that's not what this verse is talking about. Are we ignoring it? Are we living by it? Is it changing us? And so it's not merely a societal issue. If we can be open about this, it's also a personal issue. It's a church issue. The whole reality is we must maintain a relationship with God's Word where we not only are like, I attended church, that's nice, that's not what we're talking about. I heard the story, that's not the check mark we're looking for. I can tell you what the story means. That's still not what we're looking for. Because the engaging part of the whole thing about God's word is, am I obeying it? Am I listening to it? Is it changing my speech? Is it changing my attitude toward my spouse or my parents or my siblings? Is it changing where I'm now displaying fruit of the Spirit? Like does it does it erase gossip from my lips? Like what's it doing in my life and so this this whole ideal, what's my relationship with God's Word, it's not, just, it's not just a societal thing, it's a us thing in here. and We're going to chat about that in just a moment, but this, it all makes sense because this is what the Bible says about itself in relationship to sin. If we have a right relationship with the Scriptures, the Bible says this about itself. It's a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. I hide its word in my heart that I might not sin against God. That's what the Bible says about itself. Then it says that it's quick and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, it says. And then it says something else. It says it revives the soul. It gives light to the eyes. It purifies the heart. It purifies our heart. And then the scriptures say this about itself. It says, how can a young man clean his way? It's by taking heed or by doing the word of God and then he says later on about itself the Bible says all scriptures God breathed and is profitable for doctrine reproof correction and instruction in righteousness so that we may be complete perfect fully equipped for every good work and so that's why this proverb says you know what where there's an absence of this where it's not in our life we might be in it we might attend church but if it's not really in there if I don't say, okay, I'm gonna, I'll do what it says. I'll change. If we don't do that, if it's absent, if it's ignored, the results are catastrophic. People cast off restraints. They go their own way. The end is destruction. And I can't just look at society and say, well, they, that's where the problem is. You know, I can look right here in me, and maybe you can look even in you and say, yeah, that, that's true of me. That's totally true of me. That's the first part of the verse is where we reject the vision, the revelation of God. There's going to be a problem. Here's the second part of the verse. Here's the good part of the verse. Here's the contrasting part. And that's where the second half says, but blessed. So the first was chaos, destruction. The second one is blessing or happy is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. So the second part of the contrasting couple is happiness comes when God's word is followed or kept. That's where happiness comes. And what a contrast. You wonder why why are people so unhappy? Why do people not sense God's blessing? Well, you know, ignoring God's word brings that. Living the word brings happiness. And like we said, it's not just reading. It's not just Hearing it's not just knowing the word. It's living the word out. That's keeping it That's what the verse says happy is the one who heeds who keeps who does and this keeping is a constant activity So I know it's nice that we come on Sunday But it says keeping God's word is like a Monday Tuesday Wednesday all the way through Saturday and then you can bring it with you on Sunday when we get back together again to worship To all week long, constant activity. Keeping is constantly living it, constantly obeying it. And we all know this. I mean, just think about this. We know that just reading and learning won't do it. Like, for instance, we don't travel distances by reading maps. We don't bulk up by reading an exercise book. We aren't nourished by reading a cookbook. I haven't assembled what I purchased by just reading the instructions. And here's the toughest one to embrace. We don't lose weight by reading a diet plan. If it were only that easy. God's word is meant to be obeyed. It's meant to be embraced it's meant to be kept it's meant to be lived out and here's here's the bold truth of the verse if we don't do that Bible says no blessing no happiness no joy because happiness comes when God's word is followed there's a couple um, supporting verses to this that just light it up. Listening is not enough. James 1.22. The writer says, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And then uh, 1 Corinthians 8.1, the writer says, now about food, sacrifice to idols, we know we all possess knowledge. But he goes on, but knowledge puffs up. Love builds up. God's always been about doing his word, not just about knowing the facts or synthesizing the facts about his word. It's not a matter of how smart or what complex teachings you can pull together. It's a matter of simply obeying. Now, Jesus gave the best illustration of this, and with this we're going to finish up. The best illustration ever Jesus gave in Matthew chapter 7. And in Matthew 7, um, he talks about the account or the parable of these two men that were building homes. And one built on the rock. And then the other one, if you know the story from earlier years or whatever, one built on the rock, the other one built on the... On the sand, and so if you ever wonder what a sand look like, all you need to do is go in your backyard, there, Traverse City people, and take a shovel, there's sand. That's where it's at. So one was built on the sand, one built on the rock, and so Jesus comes in this story and he says, You know, guess which house? Both were nice homes. He doesn't say anything about the house. Both experienced the winds, the rain the floods, all the issues of life. But only one stood, and the issue was what it was built on. And here's what Jesus said about the building foundation that was used in Matthew 7, 26. This is what Jesus said. But everyone who hears these words of mine, look at it on the screen, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice that was the difference It's like a foolish man who built his house on the sand now this past week all of us got a very vivid visual of what this looks like when there's a problem with a home built on sand you've seen these pictures look at this there's a high-rise in Miami, right out there on the beach, and I know that they're still looking into it. And they're trying to figure this out, but you know the issue wasn't merely a crack in the wall. It wasn't the um, it wasn't the paint that was chipping that was the issue. The issue is that there was something deeper, and after the winds and the rain, and the flood, and the hurricanes, it revealed weaknesses in this place. It came from the bottom up. So here's the deal. This is what Jesus is saying, and this is what the Proverbs says. The issue isn't necessarily with the building. It's what we're built on. Both the men in Matthew 7 heard the word of God. Okay, let me just put it this way. Both the men in Matthew 7 were churchgoers, or they watched online. Both of them knew the stories. They knew it. Both of them could spit it back out to you. The issue wasn't hearing God's word. But it said the one on the rock, he did it. He lived by it. The one on the sand heard it and did nothing. I want to just leave us with two thoughts by application. Here's what they are. Number one, if God esteems heart obedience over mere intellect, so should we. God esteems heart obedience over mere intellect so should we and man I've got a lot of stories about this one of my favorites was a guy named Curtis he's my age with Down syndrome Born into a family that I dearly loved back in New York. And we had a special Sunday for some of the special needs people in our church. And so I had Curtis come up because he knew some Bible verses. And so Curtis came up on the platform and he was decked out to the hilt and so excited. And he just stood there like this. And I had a microphone in my hand. And I went to give it to him for him to talk into. And he said, no. And he reached into his pocket and he pulled his own microphone out (laughs) that he bought from him. It was just so cool. And he told everyone there that he loves Jesus. And he said, let me tell you the best verse in the Bible. It's what Nate already shared. He goes, let me tell you my verse. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And he said John 3.16. And we would sit back and say, man, he wasn't eloquent. He probably doesn't even know all the stories. That afternoon, I had a man call me up, a principal of a local public school, in tears. And he said, if that man up front knows. That Jesus loves him and would give his life to him. I'm, st- the principal, I'm so stupid to think I know better. I want to give my life to Jesus today. Then he said, Pastor, would you meet with me? And I'm like, bro, I am in the car. Let's go. I'll tell you another one. There's a couple that I love back in Norwich. Um, Donnie and Jenny. their names super sweet and uh, they got married the same year as my wife and I so every year we still get an anniversary card from them and they're more on the special needs side dear people let me tell you they invited more people to our church and shared the gospel in our church more than the smartest person we had they blew it out of the water. I'll, I'll take one of those over 10 of the, of the brainiacs any day. And I think God would too. Amen? God would too. Because he esteems heart obedience above mere intellect. And that's what he wants from us. Is our heart. Here, here's the second thing. I want to give you. I keep God's word by reading it to live it. I keep God's word by reading it to live it. The first one, if God esteems hard obedience over mere intellect, so should we. The second one, I keep God's word by reading it to live it. I'm glad you're here today. This doesn't tell where we are spiritually, church doesn't say where we are spiritually. We need to start with ourselves and we need to read it, to live it, not just to know it. And there's three words I want to give you as you think through this personally. We need to do things personally to stay connected with God through his word and to live it out. Number one, think of something continual that you can do to be in God's word and let it be in you every day. Do something continual, something that's sustainable. So don't just say, Oh, you know, I want to read 10 chapters a day. Well, that's really nice. Do something sustainable. Even if it's one proverb a day that you read and listen and understand and and live out, do something that's continual. I'm gonna tell you a couple things that I've interacted with one is the Bible app you can go on there you can do the open story just if you log in the Bible open story there's your devotional for the day you can go through it and it has application for you Um, you can get a devotional booklet you can get a 365 day devotional booklet and you could even journal just a sentence you don't need to spend Forever, but it needs to be in us every day to live it. Here's number two changing There's continual there's changing in other words to say, you know what it changes me. What's my next step? What am I gonna do? What do I need to change? I'm not perfect. I don't just need to know more stuff I need to live it out maybe identify sins or weak areas that we need to be more like Christ and you know if we read and if we stop at knowledge we are the foolish man in Matthew 7 read it to live it change me God and then the third thing community I love what Nate said earlier around the Lord's table community it's great to have someone we connect with Um, I've got a study buddy he asked me the hard questions He asked me if I'm growing. He asked me what I need to do to change. He asked me if I'm in God's word. He asked me what I've I've gone through recently, what I'm learning. And you know what? Sometimes we need that because if we don't have that, we will slip. And we'll get away from God's word. And the Bible says, where there is no revelation, there's chaos. And we can't walk down that road. We can't. Have someone to check in with and go from there. And here's the great thing. Would you stand with me? I'm going to tell you the greatest thing ever. Here's what it is. You'll be blessed. You'll be blessed. The Bible says in keeping his word, there's great reward. You'll be blessed. Let's go his route. Let's stick with the word. Let's not just be in church. Let's not just be in God's word. Let's let it be in us. So can we take a moment in silence? Do you have something you need to tell God right now? Do you have something you need to pour out to him? Do you want to make a promise to him? Do you want to think about maybe someone you need to connect with to say, I need to keep doing this, and I'm going to connect with this person, and we're going to do this together. Whatever it is, let's get serious about it. Would you talk to God right now? I give you 20 seconds. Talk to God, would you? Father, Thank you for your word. Thank you for how it changes us because we need it. And God, thank you for the word that was alive, Jesus Christ, who came to us, who lived out who you are and who died for us so that we can live. God, we celebrate him. We want to honor him. We want to look more like him. Change us. Grow us. Make us who you want us to be. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hey, great to see you. Have a great 4th of July. And we will trust you can stay out of the traffic. Be blessed. Be blessed. God bless you.